Ever thought of taking a tropical cruise? Glenda McClintock's cruise involved skirting the edges of a cyclone. It rained nearly all the time, drenching her bed, and she found herself splashing through the mud in local villages where people needed clothing and medical treatment. And she loved it. Absolutely loved it. This is Signs of the Times Radio with Kent Kingston. Hey, it's great to have you on Signs Radio for another week. I have in the studio with me Mrs. Glenda McClintock. How are you, Glenda? I'm very well, thank you. Excellent. That's great to have you here. Now, can we just get just a little bit of background on on who you are, where you're from, what what you've been doing in in your life so far be, before we get into this really fascinating story about your recent adventures in Solomon Islands. Sure. Well, I'm married to David McClintock and mm-hmm. he is an educator mm-hmm. and that has taken us so many places, so many interesting places. Yeah. We have three children who are now grown up. It's been an interesting life. So are you a teacher by trade? No, I'm not a teacher. I actually did secretarial, mm-hmm. but I guess my career has really been in real estate. Oh, yeah, so. okay. Wow. Yeah, that I had a, no idea. <laughs> it was a fun career. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Mm. There you go. But you're not doing that now. Now you're working with uh, an NGO or an NGO, a charity, an aid organization. I'm not quite sure what language you prefer called Sunship that operates in in Solomon Islands. So how did you come to make the leap from real estate into something that is so obviously not for profit? (laughs) (laughs) Well, because David has moved around a lot, I've Mm -hmm. had to just find what I can do when we've moved to different Mm -hmm. places. And I guess I just kind of fell into this. Mm -hmm. I met with Trevor and Helen Mm -hmm. and they asked me if I was interested in joining Sunship. And when I heard what they did out there, I was thrilled to be Mm -hmm. part of it. Okay. All Mm. right. So you'd had some experience like living and and working in in the Pacific Islands before this. Is is that right? Yes, that's right. We had three years in Papua New Guinea. Mm -hmm. That's quite a long time ago when we had young children. Whereabouts were you there in PNG? Uh, We were at a place called Mount Diamond, which is about 45 minutes from Port Moresby. Yep. It's a high school, isn't it? It's a high school. Yes. David was the principal there. And we also lived in Fiji more recently when David was education director for the Trans-Pacific Union Mission. Okay, mm. for, for the Adventist Church. Yes, correct. Yeah. Okay, all right. So PNG, Fiji and Solomon Islands, I guess, is another Melanesian uh, sort of... Co- had you sort of been to Solomon Islands uh, uh, before? I'd never been to the Solomons, but I'd heard a lot about it because David, when he was at college, spent a year, he took a year off Mm -hmm. and went for a year to the Solomons. So I'd actually heard a lot about it Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. was interested in it, but I'd never seen it, never been there. All right. So then you encounter this this little organization in Solomon Islands called Sunship. Can you tell us what, what, what that's about? What does that organization do? It looks after or helps people who have medical needs. Mm -hmm. So they particularly go to the Western Solomons Mm -hmm. and it's very remote. Mm. Mostly there's no roads, basically. Everything's by boat. Mm -hmm. It's just a a series of small islands sort of dotted around the place. That's correct, yes. And so they have these boats that they 
commissioned to go out around the islands. They go mm. for a two-week tour every month mm-hmm. and give free medical help to people who can't get any medical help otherwise. Mm-hmm. Wow. So these are little coastal villages on, on these islands. And the boats, the boats are called... I think, because you, you wrote about this in the in the March edition of Signs of the Times magazine, so I'm, I'm sort of referring to your article. The boats, uh, the organisation's called Sunship. The boats are called Medicine Ship. Yes, that's Sunship with an O, S-O-N, S-O-N-S-H-I-P. Right, okay. As in Jesus, the sun in some sense. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so there's that faith-based background to the whole thing. Okay, so you got these boats... What, what did you say? Once every two months? They go for two weeks. Oh, they go for two every weeks? Every month. Every month. Okay, yes. so half of every month, basically, ha- these, so it's what, basically a floating clinic? or Yes, it's a boat, floating clinic. Sometimes the people come actually on the boat and mm-hmm. have their clinic on the boat. Sometimes they take their gear to the village and mm-hmm. and they meet at a village. Oh, okay. Mm. All right. So, yeah, sometimes it is a floating clinic. People come to you. Sometimes you go to them. Okay, fair enough. But you're not a medico yourself, are you? So no, I have no medical background. Right. <laughs> okay. So you, you'd sort of heard a, about this, and I guess it's one thing to hear about it; it's another thing to experience it. And and in your article, you sort of tongue in cheek entitled it, you know, my first cruise, and this was your your cruise. You went on this boat for one of these two week tours in the western province of Solomon Islands. Tell us about well, yeah, tell us about that. Well, it was an experience. The actual medicine ship that I went on is 9.9 metres long. Mm-hmm. So they're not really huge, mm. but it there was a cyclone brewing wow. and there was really wet weather. It was quite, the waves were quite high, mm. but I think the thing that I probably enjoyed the most about it was just seeing the people that mm. are helped, mm. seeing how they're so thankful for mm. it to come to the village. Yeah. And even getting out there is a, a bit of a mission, isn't it? I mean, first of all, you, obviously you've got to fly to Solomon Islands. Yes, yeah. yes, you fly to, we flew to Honiara mm-hmm. and from Honiara in this little tiny plane mm-hmm. to Gizo and the weather was so bad mm. that they couldn't stop at Munda. Normally they stop at Munda, but they just kept flying straight to right. Gizo. And we, that's actually my favourite airport in the world, the, the Gizo Airport, because it's not in Gizo town itself. It's on this little island called Nusatupe. I've, yes. I've, I've been there once and a tiny little island and I this is the only place where <laughs> while I was waiting for the plane there I actually went snorkeling <laughs> <laughs> jumped in the water and went snorkeling for a while because um, the plane was a little delayed because it's like there's no real building to wait in it's you're just out just there a little shed s- sitting under a tree there's yeah. a shed there you're waiting yeah. for the little light plane to turn up i mean you're lucky the runway's paved <laughs> i've been to other other runways in solomon islands where it's just grass so yeah so it is you really know how remote it is Absolutely. once you get there and then from the Giza airport at Nusatupe then you have to take a boat ride don't you yes well we were fortunate because we had the medicine ship come and meet us with the crew ah, right. and so they picked us up from the airport and took us back to Merisu which is the headquarters right right which is on the island of Kolumbungara Kolumbungara yes which which I think if you, if you look at it on Google Maps you can see it's a it's a volcano island like it's a big round thing you can see a crater in the top it's a, yeah, which is it's like, very wow. fertile. <laughs> it's very fertile. Yeah, beautiful green jungle mm. island. Yeah, mm. yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it's lovely. Okay, so so you went back to the island of Col- Colombunga where HQ is. Yes. And that's a 
fairly sort of remote. I mean, what's in the way of traffic or, or hospitals or, or facilities there? I think they have a little clinic mm-hmm. that is staffed by a nurse. Mm-hmm. A nurse, one nurse. I think as far as I know, it's wow. only one nurse. It could be two. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure. So a very small clinic. Very yep. small clinic on the island. And I don't know, there could be other... Mm. There could be other clinics around. I'm not sure, but mm. that's the only one I know of. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wow. Okay. So I guess it, if that is the case, you know, if it's similar to that on a lot of other islands, it makes sense that, I mean, how would you get to medical help if you were sick? I mean, transport there is basically by... Canoe. Yeah, which were either actually physically paddled or with some sort of outboard or... Because they call larger boats canoes out there in some islands, don't they? Yeah, they have a lot of what they call ray boats. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like a, what we'd say is a canoe mm. and it might might carry eight or ten people mm-hmm. and they usually have an outboard on the back. Mm-hmm. But they do have a lot of dugout canoes. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah, yeah. um, some of the girls at um, Marisu at the headquarters there, they go across to the school and they just paddle their little canoe, little mm, dugout canoe mm. across to school every day and back. It's quite wow, interesting seeing wow. all these little canoes all heading to the school. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't even bother bringing a car to an island to an island like that, would you? There I mean, would be th- no point. There's, there's no, no road. No, no road to drive on. No. I think I think I saw a tractor there <laughs> and and a ride-on mower, and that was about <laughs> it. <laughs> so just just to get a picture, you know, yeah, beautiful, you know, lush, waving palms, rainforest, you know, all, all this beautiful sort of stuff. Beautiful sand, or not all sand, but some sand, and mm. the, the colour of the water out there is just magic. It's aqua, and oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Are you a snorkeler or a, or a diver yourself? Are you, like, not really. Get out there on the reef? Not really, but I can appreciate the beautiful water. <laughs> <laughs> From a safe distance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so so it's, it's a beautiful place, and... But then you, you get out on this tour. So to take us through like how, how this worked, what, what happened, like what your eating and sleeping arrangements were. Just give us a mental picture. Like to take us on the on the trip with you. Okay. Well, I wasn't on the tour for the whole two weeks that mm-hmm. the tour was going for. But we took our own food mm-hmm. and we also were given a lot of fruit and veggies at the villages that we went to. We had two nurses on board, two female nurses. Mm-hmm. We had the captain, we had an engineer on board, and mm-hmm. they also have what they call VIA, which is a volunteer in action. It's like a bit like a chaplain or a, mm-hmm. a counsellor. Uh-huh. So we took off and it was quite rough mm. and quite wet, but we came to our first village and we got there too late that night. Oh, first of all, we went to Gizo actually mm-hmm. to pick up supplies, mm-hmm. refuel and whatnot. And then we headed out to the first island. And, and that's what, was it like two hours, two, three hours over, yeah, over the ocean? Yeah, a couple of hours. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think it was about two yeah, hours. Yeah. Yep. When we got to, yeah, it was too late that day to do our clinic. Overnight, it just absolutely poured, mm, absolutely mm. poured. Our beds it, got like wet. Like you said, there was a cyclone sort of in the region and you were maybe catching the edge of it or something. Yes. Yeah. Well, but so, the good thing about... So bed soaked, did you say? Yes, our beds got wet. Oh, dear. <laughs> and it it just it was just raining so heavily that there was no point in even trying to go over to the island because mm, mm. we were on the boat. There was no point going over to the island and trying to do anything mm. because nobody goes anywhere when it's wet. There's no rain like tropical rain, is there? <laughs> absolutely. It pelts down. Mm. And the people, they just take that as a good opportunity to rest for the day. Mm-hmm. Because there's there's no point they can't go to their gardens and do anything yeah, or yeah. 
So, so on on the the medicine ship, which of the medicine ships were you on? Because there's like a few of them, aren't there? Yes, they've got medicine two, medicine ship two, three, four, five, six. Uh-huh. I was on medicine ship three. Three. Okay. All right. So your medicine ship three. So what what are the um, cooking and eating arrangements there? It has got a little stove mm-hmm. on board, and it's got a toilet on board and mm-hmm. shower. So sort of what you might see in a caravan or like that, those yeah. sort of smaller facilities, everything's yes. 12 volt, you know, that, yeah. Yeah, very similar to a caravan, but a little bit longer and a little bit wider. Mm-hmm. But then how many people did you have in there? Yeah, well, we just had the captain, the nurses, so there were five, mm-hmm. six, seven, seven of us with myself S- and Helen. Wow, mm. okay, so seven mm. people. Yeah, that, that would have been a bit tight when you're all stuck inside in the rain. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was. But we all got on well. That yeah, was yeah. good. No, that's good. Mm. All right. So next morning, rolling out of a damp bed or not sleeping in a bed at all, I guess, you actually what then headed off on to the first village? Or? Well, we had to wait for the rain to stop. And yep. then the captain and engineer took all the nurses' gear over so mm-hmm. that they could set up the clinic. They set it up in a church that's not quite completed. Mm-hmm. And then the nurses, when the rain stopped a little bit they headed out in the boat they came back and got the little outboard and took them over to the island and set up and about I don't know 15 minutes later when it was not raining anymore mm. people started turning up really wet mm-hmm. to um, visit the nurses and and what sort of medical issues are you know were they facing there like just to you know give us a spread I guess we might have a picture of what we might have might see in an emergency department in a major hospital in Australia. It, how is that same or, or different? No, or? I, I, there were no actual medical emergencies that mm-hmm. I saw at that point. Mm-hmm. It was just people coming in for coughs and, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. I didn't really, I couldn't, they were all speaking in their own language, so I didn't didn't know what they were saying exactly, but they were very happy to be able to talk to the nurses. And I saw them, they had one nurse who was, doing the diagnosis, another nurse who was giving out all the medications. Mm-hmm. And while that was happening, they had a box of glasses mm-hmm. and the people, like they've got nobody to check their eyes or do anything. So mm. they just start. No, no, no optometrist. No, no, no optometrist. No, OP, no local OPSM. Yeah. No, definitely not. All they do is they put a book there so that if they, when they try the glasses on, they can have a look and see if they the words are clear on the book. Mm-hmm. And so people just start trying these glasses on and trying discarding them, getting another. So where, where do these glasses come from? They're donated from Australia. Wow, okay. We have a number of people who just donate their own glasses when they get a new pair. Mm-hmm. And then we have a couple of optometrists that give us their Excess stock, yeah, stock. Wow. Okay. Mm. So this, <laughs> so this is like the DIY optometry here. So <laughs> absolutely. So you basically pick them up and try them on until you find one that's close to your prescription, or, or is at least an improvement on how blind you are. <laughs> yeah, it was so interesting because they're all talking away, and they find a pair that that actually, you know, makes it clear for them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, wow, you know, I can see, I can see. So it was, I found that the most fascinating probably. Because mm, you see that instant improvement. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, that, that, that would have been exciting. So I imagine a lot of those people looking for glasses would have been older people. Or Not a all mix? of them. A mix? It was a mix. Okay. <laughs> In fact, there were a couple of young boys there. Not that they were really looking for glasses, mm-hmm. but they were just full of mischief, mm-hmm. and they couldn't resist just picking up these glasses and looking through them and chuckling, and mm-hmm. it was very cute. Just having some. Oh, everyone <laughs> yeah, wants to try fun. on other people's glasses. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> just fun. Were there 
like mothers with babies and little kids like coming through as, as well? Yes, yes, there were. I'm not 100% sure that they were needing them, but maybe just style. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, no, no, no <laughs> I, I didn't mean with the glasses. I just meant generally like coming to the nurses for, for, for medical help. Oh, is, yes. Is, is there a lot of sort of, you know, early childhood, you know, baby care, midwifery sort of stuff going on there? Yes, there were a lot of children that came through. <laughs> They're so cute, the children out there. They've got these big brown eyes mm-hmm. and, and their dark faces and... They're very cute. Yeah, yeah. So what what are we looking at? Like um, cuts and bruises or sicknesses? I, 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 I guess I'm just sort of trying to get a picture of, you know, what sort of medical issues are the medicine ships actually dealing with that, you know, wouldn't be dealt with if medicine if the medicine ships weren't there? I only, I only saw them patching up a few cuts. Mm-hmm. Mostly I think they were coughs and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Are there, are there issues like high blood pressure and diabetes? I mean, obviously not with the kids, but with the old, older people. Even with the kids. Yeah. Di- uh, wow. Diabetes with the children. Diabetes is a major problem in the Solomon Islands. Wow. I think it's a major issue in the Pacific. And I was talking to a Solomon Islander who had been out with the Thousand Toes. I'm not sure if you've yeah, heard of yeah, the Thousand Toes. Yeah, 10,000 Toes. 10, it, it, toes. It's an ADRA project. Yeah. Yes. And this particular place that they went to, 50% of the population had diabetes. And in one family that they went, extended family, 100%, even I think there was something like a two-year-old, they had diabetes right through the whole family. So what's causing this this epidemic of of diabetes? Because, I mean, as we were saying before, this seems like a idyllic, natural, tropical sort of place to live where you'd live a fairly healthy, active lifestyle, you'd think. So what's going on? Well, their lifestyle is good in that they have to walk everywhere and and everything. Mm. But I think the biggest problem is Western food. Mm. They get their garden produce, Mm -hmm. they take it to the market and they sell it and they buy white rice. Ah, right. And so they sell all the good food and start eating the food that's not so good for them. Oh, wow. Okay. So, and that's obviously a widespread problem if, like you say, widespread. there are places where 50% of the people have, and this is type 2 diabetes we're talking yes, about, this is yes, lifestyle-related yes. diabetes. Mm-hmm. And this is something I understand that's happening in the Pacific that, that, you know, in the past, you know, like decades or 100 years ago or so, there was a lot of infectious diseases, you know, pneumonia, malaria, and of course those things are still an issue to a certain extent. But the disease burden has really shifted in recent times to these more lifestyle diseases like high blood pressure, heart disease, diabetes and and this sort of thing. And I imagine the medicine ships are encountering this more and more. They are. Wow. Yes. Because again, you think, oh, it's probably a town thing. It's probably a city thing. But even in the remote villages. Even in the remote villages. Wow. Mm. Now that's incredible. So how many stops or how many villages did did you get through? We only got to the two villages while we were there. We did get called up. While we were going through, we were actually picking up somebody mm-hmm. and we did get called to go over and visit this sick boy. That mm-hmm. They asked the nurses if they'd be able to visit this sick boy. So, of course, they went over and saw him and he had a bone cancer in his knee. Mm. Very, very bad. His knee was swollen to the size of a balloon. Wow. They asked if they would be able to do a haemoglobin count. Mm-hmm but they weren't able to do that because they didn't have the equipment. Mm-hmm. So they were only just able to give him some painkillers. Wow. But unfortunately that boy has since died. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. do you think someone with a condition like that would have had a, a chance in, in Australia, for example, with, with our 
medical system or? Well, they certainly would have had a lot better chance. Mm. I, I did read quite a bit about it and they did say that sometimes by the time it's diagnosed, mm-hmm. it's it, it's too late. Advanced. It's too late. Yeah, mm. yeah. Bone cancer can be, mm. yeah, pre- pretty rough. I have a friend who who died of that in Australia. So, it, yeah, it's it's rough. Wow. So, do do you see other things out there that you think, boy, if this person had been in, you know, somewhere with a sort of a, a Western hospital system, the outcome could have been so different. Yeah, I'm sure. I haven't seen it personally. Mm-hmm. But I get the reports when they go on their medical mm, tours mm. and they send me back pictures and they send me back, you know, what they've been treating mm. and definitely. I, mean, you, if, I think bef- before we um, we started recording this, you mentioned a baby with some problem with, with its eye. Yeah. One of the nurses had a mum come with her little baby mm. and it had this growth on the eye. Mm. And as soon as I saw it, I thought that looks really bad. And... You know, there's nothing that they can do. Mm. They they often don't have the money to take a canoe and go to a hospital, which is, you mm. know, a long way away. So they just live with it. Just deal with it. Wow. Which is something that I guess in Australia we would, oh, that's got to be dealt with straight off. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I just really feel for them when it comes to medical issues. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just so difficult for them. Mm, and mm. it costs them a lot of money as well. Just to go by canoe somewhere mm. is quite expensive. And when you're living in a village and you're living off the produce that you're, you know, getting in your garden or whatever, it takes a lot of money. You have to sell a lot of things before you can get the money to mm, go somewhere. Mm. Is is medical care free, like once you get to a hospital in, in Solomon Islands with, with the government? or Actually, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, yeah. But it is on Sunship. Anything yeah. that we do mm. is free. They yeah. don't pay for consultations. They don't pay for any medications. Mm. But I'm not sure with the government. Yeah. I, yeah. I do understand though that even if it is free, it's not like the hospital meals are coming around every day. Like your family has to look after Support you and, you. and mm. feed you while you're in hospital and things mm. like that. So we just take so much for granted, we don't do. we? We in, do. In we, we, we're very fortunate. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. I just thought we should take a short break to let you know that Signs of the Times is having a very special subscription offer right now. The magazine is only $26 for a whole year to receive it to your mailbox, 11 months a year, every month except January. But for a limited time only, and while stocks last, as they say, we will also send you, with your new or additional subscription, a free book authored by Nathan Brown, The book is entitled Of Falafels and Following Jesus. And in that book, Nathan, along with some other authors, recounts his recent visit to the Middle East. And yes, there were falafels too. If you'd like to take advantage of this offer, all you need to do is go to our website, signsofthetimes.org.au and hit that subscribe button. And while you are in the process of subscribing, Use the coupon code box and write in that box FALAFEL, F-A-L-A-F-E-L. The website again, signsofthetimes.org.au. So what what is your role? Because as you said, you don't have a medical background. So what? how are you involved with Sunship? How are you assisting that, that team and, and that program? Well, basically, I'm coordinating things. Mm -hmm. We do have a manager in the Solomon Islands. Mm -hmm. All the staff in the Solomons, we have about 18 staff that are paid. Mm -hmm. 
they're all local people, Mm -hmm. which is fantastic. It's the way we like to have it. And so they have a manager on site at Mm -hmm. the headquarters there. And yeah, I just oversee, I guess, the op shop. We have an op shop Mm -hmm. where a lot of our funds come from. So I just... Is that Morissette, north of Sydney? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think I've been there, yeah. And yeah, I pay their wages. I just... Whatever mm, needs doing, mm. I do it. So some of that liaison, because I guess you have donors in Australia who are, who are supporting the, the project, and so you need to stay in touch with them. Yes. And then the sort of to and fro between Solomon Islands and, and Australia to keep that relationship strong. Yes. That sort of thing, and yeah. Yeah, and they send all their reports back, and I do newsletters. So the newsletters look after the website. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, wow, so how many, um, like for about how long has this um, program been happening? Is it a new thing or been going for a while? No, it's been going for quite a while. I think it was 2003 mm-hmm. that they started. And in that time, they've treated over 120,000 people. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, but if they had more boats mm-hmm. and were able to go more places, they could treat a whole lot more because every tour, mm-hmm. people come up. They hear that Sunship's coming and they might come from a village inland or somewhere mm. and they say, oh, can you please come to our village? Wow. So wow. there's a lot more need out there. So the demand is there. Oh, wow. absolutely. So, wow. So so how many boats are actually going out right now on, on regular tours? We've got four. Four, okay. Yes, yeah. And the fifth one is an ambulance boat. Right. So it's very fast. So mm-hmm. if there's an emergency, they can call on that boat and so so fast a small a a water ambulance a water ambulance yeah Yeah, there you go (laughs) that's medicine ship five yeah no that's that's incredible i mean it's it's fascinating just to see this journey that you you took through your eyes and and to understand you know what sunship is doing but if people want to know more about sunship or if they want to donate i assume you you could use donations to help meet this demand or, or expand the 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 program where can people go to, to find out more and to give you a hand? Well, they can go onto our website, mm-hmm. which is sunship.org.au, <laughs> yeah. and they can get information there. They can also get in touch with me, our email's there, mm-hmm. and I can give them any further information if they, if mm-hmm. they require it. Wow, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like you say, you have local people there on the ground doing the work, so it's not as if you need like medical people to go over there and do the work. The work is being done by capable people already. Yes, it, we we do have the nurses go out on the boats. Occasionally we have a doctor mm-hmm. who volunteers his time and goes. Mm-hmm. Doctors, if anybody wanted to volunteer as a doctor and go out on a tour, that mm-hmm. would be fantastic. But nurses, okay. we're... Um, catered for. Great with that. Great. Mm. And in terms of glasses, do you, do you need more glasses? We always can do with more glasses. Yeah. yeah. Yes, definitely. <laughs> we have quite a lot of people who donate bandages and things like that. Mm-hmm. So they might have gone out of their use-by date. Mm-hmm. And so we have quite a few people who donate them, which is fantastic. We can always take more of those. I, I'm, I'm still struggling with the idea of a bandage having a use-by date. Uh, exactly. That's why we can use them. It's <laughs> <laughs> just crazy. So so if there are, like, if people have medical supplies and things like that, that are still, you know, obviously good, you know, and, and usable, that's something you can use. Do, do you take out, like, what containers of, of things from time to time? Yes, yes. We send out containers every now and again mm-hmm. when we get enough goods, particularly of the medical supplies, yeah, because it's expensive to get them over there. Okay. All right. So, sunship.org.au. 
www.glendaglobal.org.au if you uh, want to find out more about that or, or offer your support. Thanks so much, Glenda. I really appreciate you you coming into Signs of the Times Radio this week and, and for sharing your story. It's just a, it's a, another world just so different from how most of us live here in Australia. Thanks for giving us just a, a glimpse into your, your cruise through paradise. <laughs> Thank you very much. Today's episode was based on an article appearing in this month's Science of the Times magazine. A subscription is just $26 for 11 issues a year. To find out more, visit signsofthetimes.org.au. Signs of the Times has been published in Australia since 1886 and is proudly produced by Adventist Media. This is an Adventist Media podcast.